Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. Howdy and welcome to the Ben Navarra's podcast. Thank you all for coming and joining us today yet again. Today we have Mr. Michael Witt on our podcast. Michael is a, a musician. He's a, an avid TikToker, it seems like, which I want to talk about at some point here. Um, I've known Michael for a little while, but I don't know Michael super well. So it's going to be a little bit of a learning experience for both me and the listeners. And hopefully Michael gets to learn a little bit about me as well along the way. Howdy, Michael. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. How are you? I am doing okay. I would say that this, uh, for whatever reason, I have the most anxiety before this podcast, but uh, in comparison to any other podcast I've done so far. So we'll see how it goes. I think it's because... Wait a second. Like mine specifically, or just like when you say this podcast, are you referring to this bit, the Ben Nevada's podcast, or are you referring to my episode specifically? No, your episode. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's because I had caffeine before... uh, I guess we we got here. I was like, "Oh man, I, I'm feeling a little little anxious." Um, so <laughs> yeah, dude, I totally feel you. Um, caffeine does that to me big time too. Uh, I get anxious before I do almost anything, especially before I do stuff like podcast guest spots or even before I film YouTube videos. And there's not even really like an audience. That's going to like the audience comes after just like a podcast. Like there's nothing that they're going to see that I don't want them to see. Right. And I still get super anxious and nervous about it. So um, I guess I can just put this energy out there right now and we can both take our anxiety and let it sublimate into the wind. Uh, I don't do shit anymore if I'm not going to have fun doing it. So uh, we might as well just have a good time. There's no right or wrong way, man. There's no right answers. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, that definitely makes me feel better. I think it just I don't I don't know why it is what it is, but. It is what it is, and we move forward. So, Michael, I want to learn a little bit about you. We're going to start from the very beginning, because again, I don't—I can't remember honestly where we started our friendship. Um, really, I remember. Do you? Do you? Please. Yeah, it was at Brazos Valley Barbell. Ah, oh my lord! Has it been that long? Wow. Yeah, man. Actually, it might not have even been. I think I met you at Brazos Valley Barbell, but I feel like I was vaguely familiar with you before that because I knew Blake Leehu. Yep, was that yep, his name? Yep, that's right. Yeah, I knew Blake because um, Blake was like being recruited to this recruited. That sounds so official. Uh, it was not official <laughs> at all. But um, uh, Blake and I were both like toying around with joining this fraternity. Uh, my freshman year of uh, uh, college um, and and my friend from high school, uh, his name is Will, was actually the one that was like uh, bridging the gap. I guess, Bridging the gap. That's a bizarre way to say introducing <laughs> me. Um, yeah, so I had met Blake through this a mutual friend of ours uh, named Will. And so I think like maybe through Blake, I had just been exposed to you, probably just on Instagram. And so I feel like when when I got to BVB, um, I sort of already knew who you were, um, but that might not be the case, man. It's been a long time. It's been like a frighteningly long time. 
that is, since I was in fucking college. That is crazy. I mean, that's yeah. You know, I can't. I can't. When would I? I think when I first started working at Brazos Valley, I was a, probably a sophomore in college, and yeah. so it's definitely been a long little while. And looking at you now versus what I what I remember of you then, now that you mention it, I can kind of picture you. It's like, yeah. though, still skinnier. You had the the cut hair, and I and I thought that at one point there was like a a thought of either joining the military or like at least yeah. like being in the in in like joining really like in getting really in depth in the strength and conditioning world, and then now you're like out there making music, <laughs> long hair. You're out at a like like at a, at a mushroom farm. I mean, what a turn. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, you're not the first person to uh, to to notice that and to be interested in that pretty drastic, dramatic change. So, was it a dramatic change in in your head? Like, has it been a wild ride for you along the way to get where you have been, or was it kind of like a, you were trying the other things to like get away from what you are now? Yeah, that's that's very insightful of you because, you know, it's kind of been wildly boring because I'm really just kind of living an everyday, you know, day-to-day kind of life. Um, but yeah, I got super... So I guess to get the timeline, to get us both on the same page chronologically, I went to A&M uh, in the fall of 2015 and I joined the Corps and my whole thing was that I was going to go into the Navy and be a fucking Navy SEAL, brother. That was like <laughs> legit what I thought I wanted to do. Um, and like, I, you know, I think I maybe could have done it just on like a, you know, I couldn't have done it because I didn't do it. Um, I went through uh, the last couple years of high school just like very tired, I guess, of... Um, dealing with the fallout of being the kind of person that I am. Uh, so yeah, the whole military thing was a, was a very, um, a disguise to which I was very committed. It was almost like I was method acting the role of Bradley Cooper playing the role of Chris Kyle. That's kind of <laughs> what I was doing. Um, so when I got to, to A&M, I was in the core for about a week. Um, and then I started, to realize what a terrible mistake I had made and how, how my judgment was very wrong. Um, and then, you know, after like a month in the core, I got out of that shit. Um, but I had been interested in fitness for years before that. Cause you know, throughout high school training to be a Navy SEAL, there's a lot of crossover between the, like the operator fitness world and like CrossFit. Oh yeah. And, um, not really powerlifting. It's really CrossFit. Like the operators, like, no, oh, yeah, fucking operators, bro. We're going to do some operator fitness. Like those guys are way into CrossFit. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but that's, that's what I was doing. Uh, so by the time I got out of the core, um, I still had the fitness thing. And I was like, well, you know, I'd actually like to have something to work towards and like some type of competitive thing to engage in. So that's kind of why I gravitated so heavily to powerlifting. And it was fun. I did like powerlifting a lot. But yeah, that's kind of the chronology of, of um, the whole military uh, into powerlifting 
through uh, many years of a transition period, and then now uh, you, you can look at me, and, and uh, you would never know that that's the life that I lived at one point. I mean, that's that's insane. But I mean, it's kind of cool that you realized so early on into that week that you're or into your career within a week that you know what this isn't gonna be for me what was it that kind of like that triggered that for you i mean obviously being there and kind of experiencing but was there like a point you're like man dude i'm not about the running i'm not about the whatever it may have been Um, it's hard for me to remember exactly what it was. Like, I don't, there's not one specific moment that just sticks out as like the, the kind of scripted Hollywood moment of like the clouds parted and I saw it. It was kind of just like, you know, I had had doubts for several years up to that point. It's just that I completely pushed them uh, to the back of my mind. And, um, I mean, which you have to do if you actually want to do something like my self doubt is, is very committed to his role, uh, the voice of anxiety inside me is, is just very, is, he's a prolific worker. He's always working. He's always writing and he's always trying to pitch me new, uh, bullshit ideas. So, um, you kind of have to push that voice of anxiety and self-doubt to the back, no matter what you're doing. But I really pushed it back. I denied its existence. And it turns out, um, sometimes it can be speaking to you for a reason. (laughs) And, uh, I think the part of me that realized that this was going to be a terrible fit just got shoved so far to the back because I was way more committed to um, the people that were around me at the time liking me. And uh, yeah, once I got out on my own and it was actually time to, you know, start to start to lay my cards down and start to kind of stake out my position, uh, it became very clear very quickly. Um now, I do remember some specific moments that just kind of like chipped away at that resolve that I thought I had built up. Um, one specific moment was when I requested to go to the library to like check out a book or something. And, you know, there's a whole fucking process of asking to do anything when you're in the core. And it's the most ridiculous, like cult-like, obnoxious (laughs) bullshit I've ever experienced. And like, I'm a nerd, dude. I grew up a fucking nerd, like fantasy nerd. I was a member of like, like uh, Terry Brooks sort of Shannara, like fantasy elf world forums. (laughs) Oh my lord. This was the nerdiest shit I've ever fucking seen. Um, like, sir, Mr. Echtling requests permission to go to the library, sir. That kind of bullshit. Like, <laughs> shit that the actual military would never make people do. Um, and uh, so, like, the guy, the upperclassman, like, gave me permission to go to the library. And he told me that I had, like, 15 minutes or something. And, like, leaving the dorm is a process. You have to, like, walk with your shoulder. You have to run. You have to, you're not allowed to run, but you have to run. And that's kind of what they do to you. Um, like, you got, you better be running, but you're not allowed to actually run. And uh, you have to, like, have your shoulder, like, s- scraping the fucking wall as you walk along. Like, your nah. heels have to click against the wall before you're allowed to turn a corner. Like, so much insane bullshit. And actually, what what is strange about it is, like, it sounds a lot like the kind of shit that I impose on myself um, whenever my... <laughs> Whenever my like weird, 
my weird compulsive, like possibly, uh, but I don't want to self-diagnose, but like possibly OCD behavior start to crop up. Like, oh, I've got to hit the wall this certain way before I can actually walk down the stairs. That's like the kind of shit that they do. It's just like somebody with OCD forcing you to do all of their rituals. Their That's OCD like, things. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the moments when the dude told me I had 15 minutes to go to the library and back. And of course I didn't make it. And then they got mad at me. Um, and it's just like, they just like try to wrap you up in circles. Like basically what they're trying to do is, is break you all the way down so that you completely like, uh, dedicate your entire being to, um, the, the causes of patriotism and imperialism and bombing poor brown kids in the Middle East. They're really trying to get you like into that because the outfit that I went into was like known for churning out either Marine officers or Marine special operators or Navy SEALs. Um, so they were like, if you want to do this, this is what you got to do. And so I was just like, okay, well then I don't want to fucking do this. The, the, the CEO of the, the, the outfit was a total prick. Um, just like a fucking like dweeby, like <laughs> I don't have to keep being mean about it, but like, it just wasn't for me. That's yeah. I found out that it wasn't for me. You know, and for the longest time, I also wanted to go to the military. And I don't know if we had that conversation when you had initially entered the, the gym or we initially met. But that's something that I wanted to do for the longest time as well. And recently, you know, I, I don't like following um, illogical rationale, right? It's things that just make no sense. We're going to do these things just to do them. It makes no sense to me. Like, if that's going to be... The, if they're going to tell me to do something, I want to understand why are we doing it that way, and can we do it some some way that's better? I, mean, I, ha- I have an opinion here. Let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk about it. And yeah. unfortunately, in that scenario and in the military, there is no talking about it. It's like these are the rules, and this is what's going to happen. Either whether it makes sense or not, we're going to go ahead and all walk on all fours and carry uh, a, a a piece of rock. All the way down to the ocean and all the way back. Why? Because I said so. And that, if I can't deal with it in the corporate world, there is no way I would have survived in the military world. I mean, that's a different type of human that can, that can see past that irrationality and still be like, yep, this sounds good. Or, or they don't see the, the irrational. Thought process. You want to know my honest opinion about about it? I I think that it's not even a different type of human. I think it's a human who's been successfully dehumanized. Um, that's what the process of base camp is for, uh, as I observe it. And like, there are different jobs um, in the military that don't require quite as much bullshit. Like the military at this point is a corporate enterprise, damn near. Yes. Um, it's just that instead of you know. <laughs> Uh, pillaging the earth and selling us oil they're fucking pillaging the earth and other people and extracting <laughs> oil <laughs> I didn't think about that comparison before I started talking and it's clear that oh shit no they're exactly doing that um, that's I mean that's another thing like the, that was the political aspect the political um, like economic realities that anybody sees if they pay attention for two seconds those were definitely in my mind um, but that was another thing that I was just like, you know, you really have to like uh, subject yourself to some serious cognitive dissonance to convince yourself that we actually deserve 
to be colonizing the entire planet in the way that we're doing. Because um, America is wonderful. And to me, that's like, have you been anywhere else other than the United States? I mean, and I feel like saying this out loud is going to ca- probably catch a lot of flack. But I mean, it is what it is. Good. It's it's uh, it's a hard re- like there's so many good things happening in the world. We are not the greatest. And right. I forgot like we're so far down the list in um in the the difference between the the rich and the poor that 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 disparity between uh, wealth is the, one of the biggest in the na- in in the world, and then same thing with um, homelessness, and was like all these different stats. Edu- the, the higher educated individuals going to tertiary level education was also lower than some other um, countries. It's like we're really not that wonderful, guys. Yeah, that's always what I wonder, and it's like if you really want to kind of have a laugh, if you're willing to invest uh, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit of uh, confrontation in your personal life. Next time somebody actually makes the argument to you that America is the best, and it's not them making an argument. Usually they're just going to say it once. Uh, and if you immediately look back and say, oh, cool, well, like, what do you mean by best? They are never going to give you an answer that's going to make sense. <laughs> because the second you try to be like, okay, well, like, we're definitely not the best in terms of education. Like, we clearly don't value education. We value indoctrination so that we can train people either, A, to go into the corporate world, or if people are lower uh, income, poor, poor people, we indoctrinate poor people throughout the school system into believing that their only option at a good life is going to be to go into the military and be fucking cannon fodder for our imperial conquest. Like, we don't value education. That's clear. That's um, we spend more money on healthcare than other developed nations, and we have far worse outcomes. So it's not healthcare. Uh, we don't even have legal fucking weed on a federal level, man. It's definitely not on the fun level that America is the best. America is no fun, man. <laughs> and usually the people that are trying to tell you, America's the fucking best, bro. They're not fun either. Try to go spend an entire day with somebody that legitimately is going to scream out loud that America is the best, and you will be more bored than you've ever been in your fucking life. It's it's sad because I feel like what like what are we really here for and how long are we really here like the the corporate mindset, like I'm going to work this job and sell whatever you're selling or, or work for the bigger man. And then what is it all for? Like you're, you're going to, you're, you're wait, you're leaving time away from living the life that you have, like going out and looking at the world and experiencing other people and experiencing different foods and cultures. And like, that's what we're really here for. Like we're borrowing our time. Why are we so right. obsessed with just building 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 and i think unfortunately you know and i say that being the person who's trying to build other businesses and so that i can hopefully one day live the life that i want to live which is being able to travel and and not have to worry anymore unfortunately i feel like that's the only way to get there anymore it's like you have to buy into that that world in order to make it work and that's really sad yeah that's a really good point that that is very sad that that a lot of people recognize, and this is really interesting because um, in the kind of spiritual, psychedelic, uh, intellectual, even from time to time, um, really though, the spiritual communities and spiritual, like, right, whatever, within the spiritual community, you hear people say stuff like you just said all the time. What are we really here for? How long are we here for? Not long. Um, so why would we waste our life away 
you know, working and just constantly building and building and building and constantly telling ourselves that one day I'll allow myself to experience a morsel of what this world has to offer once I've worked hard enough for 45 years. Like people in the spiritual community will say that all the time. What's interesting though, is that people in the kind of like, um, hustle culture, uh, you know, kind of solopreneur, uh, online world will say a similar thing. And it's like, I think there's a divergence at that point because it, it is sad to see people recognize the same um, sad waste of life that we're engaging in uh, in the United States and I think more broadly uh, the, the the West, quote unquote, the West. Um, and and it's, it's sad to see somebody uh, just kind of recognize that the only way to to live the life on a spiritual level that they know is actually worth living, um, you know, just experiencing the world, being being kind to other people and experiencing other people's kindness, showing love to other people and feeling love from other people and, and just like engaging in the in the in the pointless dance of life. The only way they think they're gonna get there is by is by destroying themselves and hustling until they've gotten to the point where they can afford it. And like, that is really sad because, um, like for me, my, my kind of, I guess, spirituality, whatever, just like the way that I see it at this point is like this notion of shared humanity and, and, and being able to see the eyes of God in every person that looks back at me leads me to be like, okay, well then, yeah, I want everybody to be able to just, freely move about the earth whenever they want like what the fuck is the point of all of this man like (laughs) i don't think people should have to grind super hard uh for the possibility of maybe being like the 0.5 percent that gets to actually live out this life Um, and it is it is sad i feel like there's there's places like we went we just got back from costa rica not too long ago and while we were there there was like some interesting things that I got to see were like our, our neighbor. So we, there, we have a house down there, a family house down there. And so we went uh, across the street and one of the ladies that lives there, well, we're not there. She went across the street to offer uh, some, some coffee to the, to her neighbor in front because he didn't have any coffee that morning. And it was with no like expectation of ever receiving anything back but it was like this level of community that i think that we lack here in the states that i wish we had it was like people sharing just goodwill and good fortune and everyone just kind of taking care of each other and that they everyone is they call each other ticos it's like tico time so everyone moves at a very slow very kind of chill pace and everyone's just kind of enjoying their lives and everyone's no one lives in these like massive homes or anything like that i'm sure you know obviously there there are people like that but everyone's just kind of like in their little humble abodes and everyone's going walking to the store and to to go get their groceries for the day and talking to the meat market guy and saying hi how's it going getting some good fish and then going back home to cook it for their family like what a that sounds like such a nice a nice life that I would like to hopefully partake in one day, you know, like, and I wish that we had little things like that here in the States where you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are, there's, I mean, the States are, they're huge, right? There's, there's so much opportunity around this entire place that I'm sure I'm just missing some, some places, but we're so, so far when I experienced, we're so 
um, spread out that it's hard. Like I tried to walk to the, or I did, but I walked to the, to the grocery store the other day to go get my stuff, just go get some chicken and stuff for the day. And it was like two and a half miles just to get to the damn grocery. And then, and then, and then all the way back and maybe two and a half miles isn't, isn't that far, but, um, it was, just, it seemed farther than it should have been. I feel like it should be something that's within your little local community that you go and, um, go get your groceries. And I, I remember being in Morocco. There is a, one, there is one town that we were in. The entire town shared a baker and this guy sat like he, you can only see that it was like on the street. So the, the, the intersection between the wall and the ground and, and, and the street and walkway, there was a little cubby where you could see him and his fire and you would drop your, your uncooked bread, your dough there by him. And by the end of the day, you come by and then yours is there ready to be picked up. Like it was just so local. And, and I like that so idea cool. and something that I wish that we had more of or that I saw more of. Yeah, absolutely, man. We have a very, very limited idea of what community could be. I think in the States, we have a very limited imagination of what's possible. That's like, that's, that's the thing I've noticed among um, working people, really, uh, is that we have a limited imagination of what kind of world is possible for us to live in, and that's definitely by design. So did you see, like, <clears throat> what kind of car activity did you see in Costa Rica? Like a lot of cars driving around, or were people, like, were there kids playing soccer in the street? I mean, that definitely a lot where people outside walking and things. I mean, you definitely had a lot of vehicles traveling back and forth. You had a lot of 18 wheelers and then there's, it's a, it's a very touristy area. And so you had a lot of buses driving around as well, but there was a lot of people walking. And I feel like that, that reigns true outside of the States as well. So from what I've seen, you know, in, in Spain, you had these cobblestone little roads that the taxis would take you down and if the taxis weren't driving down there, then everyone was walking down these things. And then when a taxi would come by, you get it right against the wall and just kind of brace, let them pass. And then, you know, you get back on the little cobblestone and continue walking. Um, there, that doesn't happen here nearly as often. We don't have nearly as much activity, which I think is, is easily seen by the amount of obese individuals that we have here in the, in the States. And something that I think really could be solved quite easily. Just get up and go walk and go get your grocery for the day and go make a relationship with, with your, your butcher or your, I don't know what you call it, like sea, the seafood guy. I don't know what you call him, but, um, fishmonger, fishmonger. There you go. Like yeah. go and do like, that's, that's what it, this is about. I think. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And like, I've never been to Europe but uh, I really freaking want to go. And, and a big reason that I do want to go is because I want to experience what it's like to just stand uh, on the street in a society that prioritizes pedestrians over automobiles. Because, like, I'm obviously not a historian, but um, just some very basic understanding of history uh, would lead a person to understand that the United States um, was completely designed like almost the entire United States uh, just based on the timing of the invention of the automobile, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, being controlled by corporate interests from literally day one. Um, the entire United States essentially was built to prioritize the automobile because how else are you going to sell cars um, if you're not going to force people to go long distances for 
basic necessities. And obviously, like two and a half miles is not that long a distance, but um, nobody, people are not going to walk two and a half miles on a daily basis um, to get their groceries when they can drive. And so it's like one of those things where a society built before the automobile like that is just going to have a, a grocery store is not going to be two and a half miles away. And you really start to see the distance that two and a half miles actually is when you realize that some societies were built with uh, pedestrians in mind, with people being able to walk or bike or, or Vespa or fucking whatever. Um, <clears throat> I, I, so I would I really like to go and experience that. It, it was one of the coolest experiences that I've, I've been able to, to have. And like that specific spot in Spain. And then I have another story about Hungary, but in Spain, I remember we would walk down from our, we stayed at a little hotel. We'd walk down from our hotel and either you can go right or you can go left. And there were a line of restaurants and shops and there was anything that you really wanted, you know? And, and that's where the main city, that's where, that's where the, the locals were. That's where they lived. And it's just, just like, and you, you walk down. I remember walking down. I was 15, 16 years old. I walked down to a, a little pub. I walked in. I grabbed a sangria. I sat at the bar just kind of looked around. I was like, this is pretty nice. And then finished my drink, continued walking down the street, and everyone was just kind of minding their own business. You say hi to a couple of different people, and you walk back to the hotel, and you go to sleep. Like, it was just, it was so nice. And, and then in Hungary, one of the coolest things that we, we were in Orochaza, Hungary. I went there for my first world competition. And while there, we went to this, like, community health and wellness area and inside this health wellness place there was um, an alkaline pool so you got to dive into this black water and you had the entire it was free and the end the entire community just joining in together swimming through these different they had like four different pools one of them being the alkaline one of them being like a hot tub like a regular and then i think like one regular pool and one kid pool and you'd Everyone was just kind of hanging out, just swimming and chilling. You had salt rooms and you had like, and then you could go pay for like massages and things like that. But the main facility was, was free and there's no way that would ever exist in the States. Yeah. Not a chance in hell. Uh, <laughs> we don't do a whole lot in, uh, uh, in, in terms of, uh, public service here. <laughs> it's unfortunate. So it really is. All that to come back, and I, so so I want to ask you, how'd you get into the music industry? Um, I still am trying. Actually, no, I'm still not trying uh, to get into the music industry. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how all this shit works, um, and I'm doing a very bad job of it because I still have absolutely no idea how this works. Um, but I started taking piano lessons when I was about five. Um, my mom was like, got this story about how I just like begged and begged and begged to take piano lessons, which I, I think is true. But, um, I also wonder <laughs> how much of it is just like, I asked once or twice and then my mom was like, oh, the kid wants to play piano, we're signing the kid up. Like, here we go. Woo. Um, <clears throat> so I started taking piano when I was like five. Uh, I started to play guitar when I was 11. Um. And I was in, uh, I was in the the band. I was in percussion in school from sixth grade through my freshman year. Wow. Um, and then it wasn't really until 
2016 that I kind of, because during the whole military, you know, obsession thing, I really put music to the side. Like, because when I was between 11 years old and about 15, 16 years old, like, I was kind of like the person that I am now. Uh, I just didn't get to fully be this person. Uh, because I was a child and not an adult who was uh, capable of making my own decisions and living on my own and uh, deciding for myself whether or not I wanted to take magic mushrooms. Um, <laughs> so I uh, really wanted to play music and like be a fucking rock star before I wanted to go into the military. It's just like people like me... Um, and, you know, I didn't have a bad childhood. I wasn't, like, super fucking bullied or anything like that. But I definitely, like, got shift. Like, I got called a faggot on multiple occasions. Um, but nobody ever beat me up. That's, like, a good way to gauge about what it was like. Like, I got called a faggot, but nobody ever really threatened to hurt me. Um, so it was, like, not great, but 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 uh, but not, not as bad as, as uh, it could have been. Um... So, like, I wanted to be this freaking rock star, and, uh, like, the, 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 the transition into being, like, a football-playing, apple-pie-eating, Navy SEAL head-smashing <laughs> dude, uh, was because I was like, okay, well, I'm sick of dealing with this. Like, I'm sick of dealing with shit, um, from it, what feels like everybody. So, let me just be this way. So, uh, it's actually kind of interesting. I remember the night that I decided to kind of recommit myself to music. Um, it was in 2016 and I remember it was like the spring and that's kind of when I started to, uh, scale back on my powerlifting. It was like a couple weeks after the, the Aggie invitational, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was like the first powerlift powerlifting meet I did. And it ended up being the only powerlifting meet I did. Uh, because a couple weeks after that, I just, I don't remember what it was. Um, it was just like, it just, a wave came on where I was like suddenly reinterested in all sorts of things that I hadn't been interested in in a while. And um, I remember, <clears throat> I remember being in the car and talking to Lauren, who you might remember. I remember Lauren. She came yeah. into the gym like very seldom, but she was there a few times. Yeah, I don't remember um, Lauren. I was talking to Lauren and I was like, I wonder how good I could get at playing the guitar and singing and writing songs if I spent as much time as I spend in the gym practicing those things. Because I have a natural aptitude for playing music um, at this point, whether it's actually a natural aptitude or if it's just because I have been doing it for so long, I, I don't know. It's like a nature versus nurture thing. Is it really a natural aptitude or is it just an aptitude that I've um, gained at this point because I took piano lessons from so for so long. Whatever the case may be, I remember thinking, I have a natural aptitude for this, um, and I don't have a natural aptitude for powerlifting. Like, I had to work so hard to gain weight and to get as strong as I got, and I still was just like, there was this dude, like, I'm looking on a daily basis at the USAPL, USAPL, like leaderboards, record boards. Like I'm looking at other meets and I'm seeing the numbers that I'm doing and I could win some of these meets, but it's going to be so fucking hard 
And that's not to say that it wasn't worth doing, but it was just like right as I was fizzling out of that, I I was starting to get back into wanting to play music. And that's when I was like, damn, I'm actually good at playing music naturally. Like if I actually worked at it, I'd probably be really fucking good. Um, Just like these other guys who work really hard at powerlifting, but also have a natural aptitude for it. Like they're just killing it. Like there's really no beating a guy like that. Um, So that's kind of when I made the switch to like start taking it seriously again. And then from there, I wrote a few awful songs uh, that have never seen the light of day. I don't even think I have a recorded demo of them anywhere anymore. Um, And then I ended up playing my first like real paid show in September of 2017. Um, Give yourself some credit for one. Okay. Like, you are in the music industry, right? I mean, obviously, it's it's been an interesting and long road to to learn what you've learned, but I can pretty much promise you, you know more about it than I do. I mean, you know more about it than the average individual. Now, do you know more about it than the people in your field? That I, I couldn't tell you yes or no because I don't know your field. But I think that we a lot of times what we do is we compare ourselves to the people at the top of our, the people who are experts in our, in our field. And we say, well, 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 I'm not them. So that means I don't know how to do this. And now are there probably some things that you don't know how to do? What, how do you, how do you get a record label? I have no fucking clue. Um, I, you make music, I think. <laughs> right. But I mean, you are in the music industry. If, you're, if you've at least had one paid thing, then you're doing something and you're doing something right. Um, maybe it's not to the level that you are hoping to get to or, or in comparison to other people, but I can guarantee you I will never ever be paid to get into any sort of music industry, you know? Like you're doing more things than you give yourself credit for, for one. Um and then so what I guess how are you trying to use assuming that you're trying to use TikTok to grow your music industry, like, or to grow your musical presence. I don't really know how, how you'd say that, but are you, or is, that, is that your idea? Is that the hope? Um, TikTok has been really interesting. I'm actually live on TikTok right now, just filming this process. Uh, I think that there are a couple people at this point who are hanging out. Um, first of all, I just got to say, uh, thank you very deeply for that encouragement, man. If we were in person, I'd get up, get up from the mic and give you a, give you a quick little hug because that was very kind of you to say. And it's a very good insight, and it's something that I need to remind myself of more. That like, and honestly, I think I, I think that every everybody that's trying to do anything needs to hear this. Um, if you're doing the thing, then you're doing the thing. And what I mean by that is like. If somebody were to ask me, what do I want from life? And I would say, well, I want to be able to play music. I want to be able to share music with people that resonate with it and understand it and value it. I want to be able to contribute to my communities. I want to be happy, healthy, healthy, and peaceful. Uh, I want to experience the kind of shared divinity of all human beings. Uh, Then somebody might be able to look back at me and be like, then what the fuck are you complaining about? You're doing all of that right now. And, uh, it just, I mean, you're exactly right. It might, I might not be, you know, pulling in 
pulling in millions of streams on Spotify or selling out stadium tours or whatever, but like, I'm still doing the thing. (laughs) So if I say that all I really want is to be able to play music, then I'm a fucking liar. There's something else that I really want that I don't have because I act, I I actually am doing the thing. Like I'm, I'm a musician. I'm not making my full-time income from music. Uh, and I may get there someday. Hopefully, hopefully I will. Um, I'm certainly making efforts to make that happen, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm still doing the thing I'm saying I want to do. So that that is a that is a good insight and an important reminder. So thank you. Yeah, man. Um, I, I think you know. I think we all really do struggle with that. I know that I do. You know, I've I own a couple businesses, right? And I for the longest time I've been saying when I own a business and or when I get started, and you know, my, my significant other Jess, she's like, hey. You are already doing that. What are you what are you talking about? And I say that about that. I say when I am successful, when I get there. And something I mean, I've been in therapy for a long time. One of my one of my therapists is like, hey, you've already made it. You are already here. Like stop trying to be there because you're here now. And whatever you've did before now to get where you are now makes you all of those things that you want to be, you want to be successful. Well, you are successful because that is what's going to lead like you, because you are here today, the other things you've done. Yeah. You want more than what you have. You want to build something and reach more people and do greater things. Doesn't mean that you aren't already successful. I would say a lot of people, and maybe I could be wrong, but a lot of people have the desire or the dream to start a podcast or to get onto Spotify. But I can go on my phone right now, Michael, and look look up your name and play your music on Spotify. And anybody in the world has that ability. That's insanity. And there's not, there's a lot of people who have that desire, but will never follow through with even something so simple as a Google to learn how to do it. And you have, and, and, and you've done it multiple times. You're constantly putting stuff out. You're constantly trying to make yourself better. I think all of us need to kind of sit down a little bit and be like, man, you know, these are the, I have, I have done these things. These things are real. Um, they're not, don't diminish them for what they, for what what you think they are, because you put it on paper. They are what they are. You are a musician on Spotify, is what it is, and and, and that that's cool as shit, you know. And I think all of us struggle with that. Anyone who's trying to do something big in their life, I think, is is struggling with being in the present and not and not learning to appreciate it and only seeing the where I can go next. But then you're gonna get there, and you look back and be like, man. What the fuck was I doing? Like I'm doing the same thing I was before. I'm just doing it bigger now, you know. Like <laughs> it's like, did I waste that time? Because I, I, I surely hope not, and I, and I don't want that for you, dude. Th- I needed to hear this so badly, man. Thank you. Um, yeah this this is a uh, this is an example of the way that if you open yourself up even uh, slightly, the universe will give you exactly what the fuck you need to hear, even if you don't think you want to hear it. Um, cause yeah, man, you're exactly right. Like if you're behaving this way now, or if I'm behaving this way now, I can just bring it to myself and not try to throw it on somebody else. If I'm behaving this way now and I'm so dissatisfied, not even dissatisfied. Well, yeah, I'm dissatisfied with the things that I'm doing or or the things that I I think I'm not doing enough of. I'm going to be doing the exact same thing. 
when I get to the place that I think I want to be. Yep. Like if I'm sitting here saying, well, you know, I could be happy with myself if I just had like 10,000 listeners on Spotify. If that's where I was, then like once I get there, then I'll really start to enjoy this shit. Then I'll start writing the kind of music that I want to write. Then I'll like make whatever weird switch ups I want to make in my sound. Once I get to that point, once I'm established, boom, 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 boom. the second I get there, I'd be doing the exact same thing. Yep. I'd be doing the exact same thing. And you're totally right, man. Like you, you'll just end up, I would just end up getting to that place and looking back and being like, well, fuck, I wasted that time. Not because I didn't do the right things or make the right business decisions, but because I didn't fucking enjoy myself. Like I didn't have fun. Uh, and that's like the saddest, that's, that would be the saddest reality of all to me. Um, is getting to the end and you know scoring the points I wanted to score and being like, well, I didn't have fun doing it. I think that, you know, that's it, it's it's spot on, you know. And I was watching doc. I've been watching a lot of bi- biographies lately, and I watched one, uh, or I guess documentaries about specific individuals. I watched one about Ozzy Osbourne, and watching like watching his life kind of <clears throat> pass by and kind of what happened in his music and how that music was a representation of what was happening at his life at the time. It's like people loved it and he was amazing because he was honest and true and whatever was going on in his life, like my mom coming home, he's like, like he was talking to Sharon and it was his like, Hey, I'm not going to be fucking up and doing as many drugs anymore. And it was still him. Like it, it was always him. It was never the music. Now I think there are, like I have the maybe not the highest quality equipment, right? Who I mean, and so hopefully one day when when I am able to afford higher quality equipment, or maybe I can afford a, a producer, then that's going to be time that I can an opportunity for somebody else that I can pay that has a passion to do that thing. And I've led the way to be able to afford for them to do that thing. Like you're, you're going to be the center focus of your music, right? You are, people are coming to see you, but you need a team once you get to a, a certain point. And it's not like, oh, the team is what's making me good. It's like, hey, I need help with this thing. I'm going to find the right person, use my resources and use my brain as the center of this, of this music to employ somebody who's passionate about their job that we can work together to continue growing this thing. You know, like it's, it's, I think it's kind of weird to say it out loud. I don't think I've ever really verbalized it, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. It sounds like you like to be a provider for people around you. I think it's important for all of us to, to kind of provide for each other, you know, like whether it's a smile in a day, I, I love being able to go into a restaurant and like, how are you doing today? And like, or they ask you, Hey, what can I get you today? And, or and I was like, Hey, how are you? And they look at you like, wait, what? Like you're asking me how I'm doing today. And they're like, uh, good. How are you? Like, I'm doing well. And then you can, you do your order and then it's just keep it more relaxed. You know, like we're, we're, I think yeah, just give them a second, like you let them know that you're going to be the one that's going to allow them a second to breathe and that they can behave like a human being in your presence. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're not just a computer. They're not an NPC just taking an order. Right. There, there's a full person in there with thoughts and feelings like, oh, give them some time, you know, like I think it's, 
I want to be able to hopefully one day provide for not just myself and my family, but for everyone that I can possibly be able to help around me. You know, that, that would be the ultimate goal. Yeah, I totally get that. And I agree with you when you say that it's important for all of us. I think it's like very important for, for human beings to feel like they're contributing to the collective in the way that they are uniquely able to contribute. Like that's a very real need for human beings. And like, this is kind of an argument that I make all the time whenever somebody tries to like argue um, that we, that the United States treats criminals properly. Um, and, and listen, before anybody gets their fucking shorts in a wad, there are obviously exceptions that need to be dealt with in some more extreme manners. And we'll deal with that when we need to. But like, I'm talking like criminals of especially drug offenses, but then like, you know, like, um, um, crimes of poverty, stealing things, that, that kind of deal. Uh, and I always make the argument that like the problem that we're talking about is, is a lot bigger than just this is a bad person and they deserve to be in prison because people who feel like they are valued in their community and people who feel like they have something to contribute to their community, uh, like they are seen and heard on a real human level, those people don't go and, and point a gun at a Seven Eleven clerk and then steal some money. They just don't do it. Um, and, and like, I, I think that it is a very important need that we all have our ways of contributing to the collective. Um, I like I like that you said, uh, gosh, now no, I lose my train of, train of thought. The way the way we uniquely add to our community or our society, I think that everyone's going to bring something different, right? You, I'm, you're going to have a specific. I like to say bring it back to personal training. It's like I can have a client that responds to a specific cue, and I have another client who doesn't respond to that cue, but there's a coach who can phrase it in a way or has a, a demeanor or has some sort of connection or energy, whatever it is, to be able to get to that person and tell them, hey, I need you to put your knees out when you squat versus I said, force the knees out. And the, just the way that I said it versus the way that individual said it hits that person in a specific way that ultimately accomplishes the goal, but it was uniquely said and it was it had to be that way for that person. I think uh, outside of just that one specific world, it's, you know, different, different crafts, different trades, different people with different perspectives that are all, I think, good, just different. Totally, man. I, I love that example. It's, it's absolutely right. It's so, it's so funny a lot of times to um, uh, just kind of pay attention to the, the ways that the ways that different people respond to the same thing when it's prevented, uh, presented in a different way. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's really cool and interesting when like two people can say the exact same thing, but it's an, it's a vibe thing. It's an energy thing. And if the vibe is different, um, then, then maybe the, the person who is receiving the message will actually be able to interpret it. Uh, that's so funny. You, <laughs> hey, I need you to put your knees out. <laughs> And they're like, what? <laughs> it's like, just That's force so them out. Great. And they're like, ah, okay. I see uh -huh. what you're saying. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I yeah. said that. That's so funny, man. Um, I want to I wanna go back to a question you had asked about TikTok. Um, Please. Because it's interesting. Uh, I think that there's just like another, you know, just a bit of experience that other people can can take something from. Um, 
so I had a viral video in, well, actually, even before that, uh, in December of like 2019, uh, I got on TikTok, like I created my account because a friend of mine named Zach was on the app and he had gotten like a viral video and he had just been, he just posts like bullshit. Like he just posts funny, weird stuff. Um, but he had this viral video and he texted me and was like, Hey, you need to be on TikTok now. Like I've been on the platform. I just had a video blow up and get like 300,000 views overnight. Um, I'm seeing people do like stuff musically, like cover songs, stuff that you could do so easily. Um, just do it on TikTok. So I got on the platform and didn't really see much. And I started to post like, you know, some videos that I've, that, that were a little bit more tailored to the algorithm um, just like real short 10 second kind of guitarist humor kind of videos. And then I had a viral video in uh, like April of 2020 and it got like a million views or like close to a million Damn. views in like less than a day. It what was insane. Um, and, a you know, just a bunch of like a few thousand followers came in at that point. Um, and then I kind of just like rode that wave and got a few more videos that had, you know, 50,000, a hundred thousand. Uh, and it, it was just insane how the algorithm was so generous. Uh, and it's not quite the same anymore. Um, but that like kind of kicked off this, this journey where I was like, okay, cool. Well, my life's about to change. I just had a viral video on TikTok. It's like, I'm about to like do check all the marketing boxes and, and uh, I'll, I'll see y'all, see y'all never. Cause I'm going to be at the fucking Grammys next year. Uh, and uh, it didn't work out that way because, um, well, I say because it just, it just didn't work out that way. Uh, and it rarely works out that way. Like the, the, the kind of overnight success story, viral sensation, like kids singing Hank Williams in the middle of Walmart level viral hits that lead to major label record deals. Those are so few and far between, even if songs blow up and kind of get circulated on TikTok for a few days, that doesn't mean they're going to lead to anything. Um, it could be great. It could be just like a flash in the pan. And, and like, you can use that flash in the pan to fuel the next thing. And you can use that momentum to keep building energy. But I kind of just went through just a period of just kind of doing whatever and having, having a little bit of fun and just kind of posting things. Um, but when I would release songs, nothing really changed. Like it wasn't like, uh, I had a viral video. I got 10,000 followers. Then it was like, bam, all right, I'm gonna drop the hammer. Um, and it's, uh, gonna have thousands of streams on the first day because of, because of this one TikTok video, it didn't happen that way. And, um, it was very disappointing. Uh, several other releases kind of went the exact same way. Um, you know, I kind of did the corny TikTok music marketing thing where you just stand in front of the camera and you're like, you know, you put your own song to the video and you put a bunch of text that says like, this is my song. It would mean the world to me if you went and streamed it. Blah, blah, blah. Let's blow this up so I can quit my job at Starbucks. People don't give a fuck about that. And it didn't really occur to me that people don't give a fuck about that kind of message until uh like the past few months um and now i've realized that like that kind of um like commercial marketing guru type of behavior that type of content it might work for some people but it sure as shit doesn't for work for me because 
Uh, it's so embarrassingly inauthentic uh, and corny and lame. And um, I didn't, you know, really realize until a couple months ago that that was just like me trying to use people. It was me trying to make these TikTok videos and leverage the following that I had built to say, hey, um, you all need to do this thing for me because I want you to. And um, yeah, go and stream my song so that I can do this and I can do that and I can have a lot of streams and I can be a rock star. And like, I promise I'll remember you, but I really won't. Um, that's like a little bit of the mindset that I had. And I think that that's a mindset that a lot of people on TikTok have. They're literally, you see a lot of musicians and bands joining TikTok to market their music. And I think that that's a fine, um, I think that that's a fine goal to have. I think that that's a fine, um, reason to join the app on a mechanical level. But if you get on TikTok and all you're doing is like very blatant advertising for your own music in a way that isn't created. Howdy guys, sorry about this, but we had some technical difficulties, and unfortunately, the podcast did not finish recording. We missed about about 22 or 30 minutes-ish, between there, of audio, and so it is unfortunate, but thank you all for tuning in. We will continue to work on getting better at the recording and making sure that this kind of stuff does not happen. I hope that you enjoyed the podcast, the the duration that we did get to record. So thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you all again next week or next month. We have some exciting guests coming on here soon. We're going to continue to grow in the powerlifting community as well as a bunch of different entrepreneurs. So stay tuned. Give us a like, a follow. We appreciate all the love. Thanks, and have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening to the Ben Navarro's podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 